We're going to prepare our hearts now for communion, and I'd encourage you, why don't you turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 7 through to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, a couple of verses of scripture there. But I'd like to preface it by reading the core scripture I want to focus on in that little passage, and this is the scripture. It says in 1 John 1 verse 9, it is on your screen, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've always loved that scripture. I've liked the scripture, quoted it, known it for many years. Let me ask you a question. If you have somebody who does not know Jesus Christ, they're an unbeliever, and they are about to come into faith and believe and pray a prayer of salvation, do you believe that it is right that they would confess their sins? Okay. Now, let's imagine a believer that has been serving the Lord for seven years loves the Lord, and if he or she is to do something which is wrong, unrighteous, sinful, does that believer need to confess their sins to God? You see, the reason why I'm talking about this is because I have heard it said, and there's a teaching that's going around that says, once you are born again, you never need to confess your sins. There's a teaching going around. And it's based on, well, when you came to Christ, Jesus dealt with your sins, past, present, and future. And so, therefore, you don't need to confess your sins. Well, let me say it loud and clear. I am not in agreement with what they are saying. And even though the, the wonderful grace teaching of the grace of God, which I love, I love the teaching of grace is wonderful, I believe in it, I believe in some instances like that, people can stretch the grace teaching beyond where it should actually go. And I believe that it is fitting and appropriate that as blood-washed believers, when we blow it, when we mess up, that we come before the Lord and we say, Lord, we are sorry. Let me give you just a little practical example in terms of Mandri and I, my wife and I, uh, if let's say I did something which was really upsetting to her and uh, I lost my cool and I did something very unkind and, uh, and if I was to apply the thinking that some of these people are applying regarding not confessing sins, then I'd come back and uh, be with my wife and she'd be all upset with me about what has taken place. And then I would say, well, I don't care about saying sorry. I don't care about apologizing. We're in a good marriage. We're in a covenant relationship. She must get over it. <laughs> I might be sleeping on the couch that night. <laughs> Not only am I in covenant with my wife, but I'm also in relationship. And because of that relationship, what automatically you ought to do is you need to say sorry. I blew it, I said something wrong, or I belittled you, or I did something wrong. Would you please forgive me? 
Because you know what happens then? The closeness is restored. The happiness is restored. And I believe the same thing can apply to our relationship with God. Let me read to you from this passage of Scripture in the Passion Translation, and it brings it across really effectively. 1 John 1 verse 7 to 10 in the Passion Translation, it says, If we look carefully on the screen, if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds Him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, continually cleanses us from all sin. If we boast that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and are strangers to the truth. Now, verse 9, very important. But if we freely admit, in other words, confess our sins, when His light uncovers them, then He will be faithful to forgive us every time. Doesn't that throw some good light on what we're talking about? goes on to say, God is just to forgive us our sins because of Jesus Christ, and He will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we make the claim that we're not guilty of sin, when God uncovers it with His light, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. goes on in the next chapter, 1 John 2 verse 1 and 2, it says, You are my dear children. I just want to stop for a moment here. John, who wrote this letter, and also John, uh, 1 John and 2 John and 3 John, it seems pretty clear that John wrote this letter, the, the beloved disciple of God, and he was writing this not to unbelievers, saying that you guys have to confess your sins, obviously they need to, but John was writing to the churches. It seems clear that he was writing to a group of churches a community of churches which may have been in the region of Ephesus. And he's writing to believers saying that you need to confess your sins to the Lord. And just read that verse 1 again. It says, you my dear children, and uh, you are my dear children, and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we, look at this, continually have a forgiving redeemer. I like that. Continually have a forgiving redeemer who is face to face with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the world. And so I believe that this is important. Even though there is this teaching going around that is, uh, blood-washed believers, you never need to confess in anything to God. I want to say because we're in relationship with Him, I believe that it is right. When we blow it from time to time, when we lose our cool, when we do something that's wrong, when we take something that doesn't belong to us, we need to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I know that I am in right standing with you. I'm in covenant relationship with you. But Lord, I'm sorry because I love you and I know that I've grieved you in what I did, so I confess it to you. And then God, who is faithful, all he's wanting you to do is just confess it. In other words, he's wanting you to come into agreement with him that that's not righteous. And if you just confess it to him, he says he is faithful and just 
to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What a God we serve. A God that cleanses, a God that is faithful. And so I just want to read something from a commentary based on this passage of Scripture that we've read. And listen to this. It really puts it into a nutshell beautifully. It says, Confession of sin is the way to find restoration and unbroken fellowship with God. Listen to this. It cleanses the conscience. What is that? Confession cleanses the conscience and removes every obstacle from communion with Christ. It is on the basis of being his dearly loved children that we restore intimacy with God through our tender-hearted confession with him, to him. And it says here, lastly, all our sins were paid for on the cross, and there is nothing that we can do to remove them, but confession acknowledges God's faithfulness to restore our intimacy with him. And so I want to say to you that you don't need to some old sins in the past, confess them over and over again. No, 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 they're dealt with. They're under the blood of Jesus. But if you do something where you blow it, you come straight to the throne of God. You don't run away from God. You come straight running to Him, running to His throne of grace and mercy, knowing that you will obtain mercy. And so I want to say to you, our God is an awesome God. He's a forgiving God. He's a wonderful God. He's a gracious Father. Amen. Well, it's time to partake in communion. Communion team, would you please get ready to serve the elements and to everyone here just to say, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, you should partake in communion. If, however, you've never committed your life to Christ, then just let the bread and the cup pass by you. Please hang on to the bread, hang on to the cup, and once everyone has been served, then we will partake together in communion. And uh, as communion is served...